Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us, and I'm very excited to announce our next guest. He is Aaron Weiner. He was one of our first guests when we started off uh, nearly 750 guests ago, uh, and uh, I'm very pleased he's come back to join us and talk about uh, commercial real estate leases. You know, you, you sign these leases, you get these lease documents. They're so full of fine print, and a lot of people just say, well, it is what it is. I'm just going to sign it. But Aaron Weiner is an expert with Bayless and, and Associates, Inc. here in Los Angeles. And he can tell you that what you don't see can hurt you. So we're going to talk about that. Aaron, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Hi, Bill. It's great to be here. You're one millionth guest, huh? That's really an <laughs> <One> honor. <laughs> well, we're, we're closing in on 1,000, but not one million. That, sounds, that okay. makes me tired. But, uh, but it's, uh, it's been a fantastic ride. And, of course, you were one of our first guests. I thank you for your support. And, and it was a very interesting interview that's been listened to many, many times. And, you know, we, we get these commercial leases for real estate. Uh, of course, everybody either leases or buys, and, they, and people get these things, and they're so long and full of print. How much of it is really negotiable? Well, Bill, a lot more than, than you'd expect. A commercial lease is about 40 pages long. Uh, it's like a lot of things. It keeps getting longer and longer as the years go by. And leases are drawn up by attorneys. And for the most part, they're drawn up by landlord attorneys. Now, they're tempered by the deals that are actually negotiated and some practical considerations. But they're certainly landlord uh, skewed a little bit. There are a lot of things, you know, a lot of tenants... You know, they focus on the basics. They focus on uh, they focus on the rent. They focus on the term. Maybe something like an option to renew or something like that. Uh, the square footage, uh, and beyond that, the rest of it just looks like a bunch of boilerplate. But there are dozens and dozens of uh, clauses in the lease that really can directly impact the operations or the bottom line of a tenant. Yeah, it seems like, you know, you have those pages that you feel like you are checking to make sure the facts are correct. And then it seems like this is in a lot of documents, too. You get to those pages where you just start flipping through and going standard yeah. language, I guess, standard language, I guess. But there's a lot that can be negotiated now. And this is what you do. Let's let's back up a second and tell our listeners about Bayless and Associates and what you do to help people who are signing leases or preparing for that. I appreciate your asking, Bill. Uh, I've, I've been in and around the commercial real estate industry since 1980. I started off managing shopping centers and then got into a property management career that extended, a commercial property management career that extended for 22 plus years, during which I managed uh, retail office and industrial properties. And of course, I was representing the landlord. I was representing the owner and managing their properties to maximize their revenues and not only managing the tenant relationships, but also the physical plant of the shopping centers, repairs and maintenance, roofs, parking lots, air conditioning units, all that good stuff, that boring stuff. And in 2002, I kind of shifted to the tenant side because, candidly, in my career in property management, I saw the tenant getting 
the shaft every day. And that's due as much to naivete on the part of the tenant as it is they're getting taken advantage of by the landlord. Now now I'm exclusively a tenant rep broker at Bayless & Associates, which happens to be the oldest continuously operating Los Angeles-based tenant rep brokerage firm. We're, we're actually quite a small firm, even though we've been around for about 30 years. I've been with the company for about uh, four or five now. We're a small firm. Uh, I guess you call us a boutique firm. We're well-known within the industry, but otherwise not that well-known a brand. So perhaps a lot of your listeners haven't heard of us, but, but we're well-known well in the industry. Uh, my customer is yeah, any type of business who's dealing with uh, critical decisions relating to where they're conducting their business, the facility, the building, uh, their address. It, it, it could be helping them find a new location, deciding whether to stay put or relocate, shedding space, growing, or just dealing with some vexing landlord or building issues. Whatever it is, I'm uh, the tenant's advocate, and tenants really do need an advocate out there. And, and let me uh, tell our listeners that uh, in your prior interview, we talked about things that can help uh, business owners prepare for their exit, things they should be thinking of as they get close to a business exit where they might be selling their business. So look that up in our audio library as well. So, so Aaron, give me an example of, or maybe a couple examples of a lease clause that tenants don't pay much attention to that can be negotiated to their benefit. I'd love to, Bill. I, I, I gave this a little bit of thought. There's, there's, a, there's a couple of great examples. And again, I said there are dozens and dozens but here's some big ones that I think everyone can kind of get their head around. Very interesting. One is uh, operating expenses. Now, most tenants understand in leases, if they've ever signed a lease, that one way or another they're responsible for their share of property operating expenses. Pretty simple concept, and people can do the arithmetic. My pro rata share, you know, I'm, I'm 6% of the building. I'm 6,000 square feet in a 100,000 square foot office building, so I pay 6% of costs. Conceptually, it's easy to understand, but what a lot of tenants don't know is what property managers do know about how operating expenses work and some of the things, the expenses that a tenant will encounter that they just don't think to negotiate. For instance, when you move into a building, unless it's a brand new building, you know that the building is not brand new. The, the systems of the building have a certain age, the roof or the parking lot or the air conditioning and so forth. A, a property manager knows how to look at a building and evaluate quickly what condition the building's in. If you're leasing a building, for instance, and it's got a roof that's showing wear and tear, you might go, hmm, there's some deferred maintenance here. Now, if fair is fair, if the tenant's supposed to pay their share of roof repairs, okay, reasonably speaking, that's fine. I'll pay a reasonable amount for the roof is leaking, you know, here or there. It happens. But if you're, but 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 if if you notice that that the roof has got a lot of deferred maintenance, you might be able to negotiate. A lot of tenants don't realize this, a cap on what your exposure will be from year to year. Over that, the landlord pays 100% of it or pays 50/50. What that does is it doesn't eliminate a cost, but it it keeps it within the realm of reasonability. So where the tenant might negotiate a $1,500. Uh, limit to their expenses for you know from year to year they go gee well fifteen hundred dollars is a lot of money yeah but it's a lot less than sixty eight hundred dollars should there be a situation where a section of roof needs to be replaced the plywood decking underneath needs to be replaced because it's got dry rot 
things like that. Property managers understand the makeup of the building. It could be, uh, you know, and, and again, that could be deferred, uh, protecting themselves from a, a major deferred maintenance on the roof, air conditioning equipment, paved services, etc. Another example of an operating expense that tenants don't think too much about is that in an office building, and this is kind of unique to office buildings, the operating hours of the utilities are, are of, of, the, of the air conditioning and the common area life, if you will, the basic operating hours of the building, usually are you know, all business hours during weekdays and a half day on Saturday. But there are some businesses out there that have um, seasonal businesses where their hours are very long and they're working around the clock or uh, every day of the week. Take, for example, uh, an accounting firm during the first quarter of the year leading up mm-hmm. uh, to uh, income taxes. They might be able to negotiate with a good broker. They might be able to negotiate a certain number of those after-hours um, you know, air conditioning services up front, so that, I mean, and, and that can cost them up to $150 an hour. When you're negotiating the lease and you're a tenant that is considering the building, that's when you've got that negotiating leverage, not after you've been in the building for a couple of years. Those are great, great points. Great points. And so, yeah. you know, what you're what you're illuminating is that there are things that the average person might not be thinking about that could add up to some big savings over time, or or big, you know, big things to to consider as you're considering a building. Yeah, and and that's exactly right. There's another example I was going to share uh, that really doesn't appear to have any financial impact, but can have some major impact on the tenant's flexibility and their, their, their operating options and choices. And that's the permitted use clause. Now, this is a clause that shows up right on page one, Bill, of the lease. Everyone sees it. Everyone's familiar with it. And it basically says the permitted use, and it defines the permitted use. A lot of tenants don't realize that that can be a trap and can box them in. If you're an accounting firm, let's, let's, let's stick with the accounting example. If you're an accounting firm and you're negotiating a lease and the landlord sends you the lease and says, here it is for review and signature, you get down to the permitted use clause and it says an accounting office. Oh, most tenants would go fine and would move right on to the next clause. But a lot of tenants don't realize that some of the most important rights they have are the ability to assign or to sublease their premises. Okay. The, the, no one, no one anticipates that generally on day one, but those are very, very important as you go down the road. Maybe you acquire another firm. Maybe you relocate the firm. Maybe your firm is growing and you need to get out of your space. You've got certain rights within the lease to assign and sublet. If you find a tenant to take over your space that's a, 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 that does other kinds of financial services, maybe it's a mortgage brokerage, okay, you go to the landlord and it says that your permitted use is an accounting office. The landlord may or may not say no, but maybe if he wants those premises back or maybe if, if he just wants you, know, you paying the rent in the building, on a technicality he could say no. So the important thing when it comes to a use clause, and this is a little bit of free advice, is keep it as general as possible. If you would change that use clause to an accounting office or any other legal office, standard office use, then you would have no problem assigning it to that mortgage brokerage company. Little things like that, tenants are, are worried about the rent. They're, they're nervous about the move. You know, they think, oh my God, I'm signing this lease. My life's going to be chaos for the next year. It, 
can be, and a broker can certainly help alleviate some of that stress, but they're not thinking enough about the use clause. An experienced broker gravitates towards that and makes sure it's worded right. So let's talk about um, the image that a building gives for a business. A lot of tenants equate high image with a fancy location and, of course, high rent. Are there other mm-hmm. considerations they should be taking into account that will be beneficial for their business? Oh, I'm 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 really glad you asked that, Bill, because it's it's becoming a, a more and more of a of a of a headline issue. You know, the rent is no doubt important. It's a, it's it, your occupancy costs are probably the second or the third largest expense item on your P and L. Okay, so right. no one. Far be it from me to suggest that's not an important consideration. Of course it is. But your occupancy costs address really today. You know, what, how much rent are you paying today? Being strategic about where you put your building, the image of, I mean, your, your, your operations, your business, the, um, uh, the image of the building, the image of the premises, you know, how you build out the premises, what they look like, that's addressing your future. Because what's happening in today's economy, certainly in the, in the professional world, is one of the big challenges for a business owner is attracting and retaining their top talent. I, I office in West L.A., practically see from my office window, the vaunted Silicon Beach of Santa Monica. So I'm very, very aware of that. That's a very, very competitive arena. These young people with the key skills that they need, whether it's code writing, uh, you know, marketing, uh, interactive marketing, or social media marketing, these people are being courted by a lot of companies. They've got a lot of choices. Where they work, the culture of the company, and the premises, and the atmosphere, and the image of the building matters. So if you are penny-wise and pound-foolish, you know, you could be saving on rent, but you could find that you're having a hard time retaining your best talent. So image really is important. And, and, as, I, and as I said, image can take place in a couple, of, a, a, a couple of places. You can be in a prestigious office building at the top of Bunker Hill or in Century City, and that might be important for a, a major law firm. Or it can be the image of the premises of your build-out, and possibly is it worth that extra expense to build it out just so and to add additional glass onto the building and to uh, build the volleyball court and the parking lot and so on and so forth, some of these, some of these kooky things that you see going on it, with mm-hmm. a creative office. They are very, very strategic. They're not arbitrary at all. So it, is, it really is something I sit down with my clients and take a good amount of time talking about where they want to be, and then, of course, I ask, why and we talk through that and sometimes they realize that it's important for them maybe to spend a little higher rent and be in that in in uh the better location or the uh higher visibility location well you've given us a lot to think about aaron there's there is obviously a lot more to think about as a business owner and of course you're busy running your business so why not call aaron weiner at bayless and associates and talk to him about you know i've we want to make a move or we've got to make a move. And before we do that, we want to give some thought to this. Can we just talk for a while and, and have you help us out? And then again, when you get into that, that arduous document, uh, having someone by your side to review it and say, look, you don't have to sign that 
as it is. We'll make modifications. We'll fight for your modifications, make sure it happens. How do our listeners best get in touch with you, Aaron? Um, well, um, they can uh, reach me by email or phone. Uh, Bill, I'm happy to share that. My phone number is uh, uh, 310-445-4303. I'm in West L.A. I also live in downtown. I have a home office as well. So I, I, work, I work throughout uh, town, uh, uh, really L.A. and Orange counties. Uh, and um, my email is Aaron, that's A-A-R-O-N, at Bayless, B is in boy, A-I-L-E-S is in Sam, R-E dot com. And, Bill, I also um, have a newsletter that I send out every month that a lot of my clients and uh, uh, professionals in my network really enjoy. It's called Lease Intelligence, and it's a monthly newsletter. Really, it's more of a blog. It's just a short article that I write that addresses some aspect of the lease or uh, the leasing process that, um, as in the scenarios that I shared with you this afternoon, you can sign up for the newsletter very, very easily by going to my website, which is Weiner, W-E-I-N-E-R, property.com, and right on the landing page there, you can sign up for the newsletter, and it will come to you every month. Happy to do it. Great information. It's great to have you back on the show. I, it, it flew by, but you, we got some great information from you. Look forward to the next time we talk, Aaron. Thank you so much. Okay, Bill. My pleasure. Thank you so much. That's going to do it for our show today. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we had a great um, lineup of guests today. I hope you learned something so that you can be well-planned. Uh, join us again uh, on Thursdays, 10 o'clock a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m., for more tips, ideas, and precautions from our advisors, author, and thought leader guests. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 